It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's what we do here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all of the other places where you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. And be sure to subscribe to the show over on YouTube, entering week four on YouTube. Thank you so much to all the folks that have subscribed, whether you've been listening in the past or you just found the show. Thank you so much to everyone who's watching the show now on YouTube. And if you're not doing that, go ahead, search Locked On Panthers, on YouTube, click on the blue icon, not the right one, that's Florida Panthers, we're Carolina Panthers, but you already knew that, and subscribe to the show. And also, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions here on the show. To participate, you can either at me, at Julian Council, or DM me, at Julian Council, over on Twitter. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Where should we start today's show here on Locked on Panthers, this Monday edition as the legal tampering period? One of the, (laughs) it's a funny way they put it. It's an oxymoron, as we all know, but the legal tampering period starts for the NFL this week as the new league year gets underway on Wednesday, opening up free agency officially. But we will see moves being made today by hopefully the Carolina Panthers and the other 31 teams in the NFL as they have the frameworks of a deal or a trade that will then become official on Wednesday. We saw last week Aaron Rodgers decide to stay in Green Bay. We saw the Denver Broncos trade the farm for Russell Wilson to be their quarterback, which that will now become official on Wednesday. The Carolina Panthers have their eyes set on a trade for a franchise quarterback, and that quarterback is Deshaun Watson. As we know, the Carolina Panthers have been interested in Deshaun Watson dating back over a year ago. Why he's not in Carolina is something that we all also are keenly aware of. Around this time last season or last year, Deshaun Watson started having lawsuits and criminal complaints formed against him because of alleged sexual misconduct as it pertained to massage sessions that he was having with multiple masseuses. During that time, Deshaun Watson has faced 22 civil lawsuits and 10 criminal complaints which led the Panthers and a host of other teams in the NFL interested in the quarterback to back off and not make a trade. I do believe, had Deshaun Watson not had any of these issues come up, that he would have been the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in 2021. Will he be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in 2022? I don't know. This is a conversation that I've not really wanted to have because of all that's been alleged that Deshaun Watson has done. Now, the key part For the Carolina Panthers and for a lot of people to want to have the conversation about where Watson fits potentially in 2022 and what team he might play for, it came down to the 10 criminal complaints. 
And on Friday, Deshaun Watson went before a grand jury in Houston, and he decided not to indict Watson on any of the criminal charges, leaving the 22 civil lawsuits of accusations of sexual assault and inappropriate conduct during massage sessions against the former Clemson quarterback and current Houston Texans quarterback as the only thing standing in his way from stepping back on the NFL football field. And it's a dirty way to say that. And it's a tough conversation to have. When talking to Dan Lust, who is the co-host of the Conduct Detrimental podcast, he's a licensed attorney, follows all of these issues like what went on with Deshaun Watson. He had told me last week that the jury has such a low burden that it's very easy to get an indictment. But the fact that Watson now walks away with no criminal charges means that the evidence likely was weak against him all along, likely why it took over a year to get to that point. And Watson's agent, who spoke through Adam Schefter, as Schefter put out that very grimacy tweet we all saw on Friday, talking about how the truth has finally come out. We don't know that. We all are aware, at least all of us who are willing to listen and open our eyes are aware that the American justice system is imperfect. And is Deshaun Watson completely innocent of all the things that happened? I don't know. We let the justice process play out. And this is where we're at right now. And boy, it's it's tough. I'm happy that, at least for him, and hopefully that is that this is justice, that everything that happened on Friday was what should have happened. He did spend earlier that day in depositions for those criminal, for those, excuse me, civil lawsuits, pleading the fifth, which could not be used against him in any of those criminal complaints which is kind of interesting. We talk about they didn't have enough evidence, but yet here he is pleading the fifth throughout the day so that that could not be used against him. I don't know. But what I do know is right now, Deshaun Watson no longer is facing criminal charges. And that now there's only 22 civil lawsuits and only is not necessarily the best word to use there because there's still 22 women and countless others who have accused of Deshaun Watson of doing some pretty heinous things. And when all this came out, it was quite frankly hard to believe. And it still is to this day hard to believe that Deshaun Watson, the person at least we've known him to be, who gave up his game check to a team employee working at NRG Stadium in Houston after I think she lost her home during one of the, the flooding or hurricane that happened down there a couple years ago, that, that he would be capable of such a thing. But that goes to show us that we don't know who these people are. And we can't sit here and idolize a lot of these athletes. And I've said this before on the show, too. When it comes to these NFL players and any athlete, they should not be used as the moral compass in our society. And I've seen a lot of people who said they, don't, they want nothing to do with Deshaun Watson because I have a daughter or I have a sister, which I don't think should matter at all. We're all human beings. It should not matter whether you're a male or a female, what you look like. You should never want someone to be guilty of any of the things that Deshaun Watson was accused of. You also would hate to have a scenario where this many women are found to potentially have been lying about all the things that have gone on. Either way you look at it, it was a messy situation. It still is, even though he's not going to face any criminal charges. And that's why it still makes it hard to have the conversation of whether the Carolina Panthers truly should be all in on Deshaun Watson because it's not over. 
and there's gonna be a, a large portion of this fan base. Now, I don't know. I don't know about a large portion of this fan. There's gonna be a portion of this fan base that's gonna be uncomfortable with bringing him here, even though he's not facing any criminal charges, and that he's past that portion of all of this. And we don't know what could come down the road later on when it, when it pertains as it pertains to Watson and whether he might face more civil suits, whatever accusations might come out after all of this. I have no idea. All I know right now is that he is cleared of those 10 criminal complaints and that the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, and all ton of other teams can now, I guess, in good faith, and I put that in quotes, try and pursue Watson. Buddy, that's, I just, I, what? I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know what to say. This is why I don't want to have the conversations. I don't know what to say in this situation. I really don't because there's still a lot out there. But now the NFL and the way they operate, the fact that they're not worried about jail time and that's just civil lawsuits, which he has said he does not want to sign an NDA, which has always been very interesting. Because if you looked at it, if Watson wanted to go ahead and play and not have to worry about any of this, he could have paid these women off a long time ago. But he decided, but he decided not to do that. And I was always curious to me as someone just looking on the outside. And the Carolina Panthers here in Charlotte, we have to remember how David Tepper became the owner of the Carolina Panthers and what Jerry Richardson was accused of and how he treated women and minorities within that organization. And how we got here and how David Tepper said, we're not going to be a place that operates with non-disclosure agreements. And Deshaun Watson throughout this process has refused to have any of those. While the victims say that they want them. I don't know how to look at this. Other than right now, the Panthers and a host of other teams feel more comfortable going after Watson. And on Friday, we found out that he's not going to face criminal charges. And now we move on to, I guess, the football conversation of it all, while it still feels a little bit gross. And that's not me being my high horse. It's 22 civil lawsuits accusing him of sexual assault and inappropriate conduct during massage sessions. And yet the conversation since Friday afternoon has flipped to, should the Panthers give up three first-round picks and more for Deshaun Watson? So I guess we'll move towards that conversation while also recognizing that this is just not a normal thing that we're doing here on this episode and on across sports media over the last couple of days. So we'll get into that conversation here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. We're here in the middle of the month of March, and this is the time of the year where we pretty much have given up on all of our New Year's resolutions, but we're not going to do that this year. We're going to stick to our resolution of eating right, and thanks to Bilt Bar, it almost feels like we're not really having a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have y'all tried the Bilt Bar Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're retreat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included 100% real chocolate on every single Bilt Bar. They're low-calorie. They're high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting, and they're better for you. So go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason – 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So as I said, once we found out on Friday and the NFL world found out on Friday that Deshaun Watson would not be indicted, the conversation has now shifted to whether the Carolina Panthers and other teams interested should pay the price point of three first round picks plus more for Deshaun Watson. According to Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero of the NFL Network on Sunday, the Saints and the Carolina Panthers have both made offers for Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson and are likely to meet with them soon, sources telling them. Other teams are also involved. Watson has a no-trade clause and wants to meet with teams before formally waiving it anywhere. And up until this point, the only team Deshaun Watson has waived his no-trade clause for was the Miami Dolphins, who a couple weeks ago, their general manager, Chris Greer, came out and said, we are no longer interested in Watson. We'll see whether that's the truth and if they're going to move Forward with Tua Tungavaloa as their starting quarterback for the 2022 season. But right now, the two teams that are interested in talking to Watson and will have a conversation at some point will be the Carolina Panthers and their division rival, New Orleans Saints, who are also in desperate need of a starting quarterback. Probably not as desperately in need as the Carolina Panthers as they spent all those years with future Hall of Famer Drew Brees and then one season where they didn't have a quarterback and yet still we're right there in the playoff picture in week 18 of the 2021 NFL season. The price, three first rounds, picks, plus more, which could mean Christian McCaffrey. It could mean a Brian Burns. It could mean a Derek Brown. It could mean a Jeremy Chin, a DJ Moore. It could mean anybody, as we saw how things played out. Now, for Denver, when they gave up those two first round picks, two seconds, plus more, and Noah Fant, I think Shelby Harris, and Drew Locke, you saw what they had to give up, a player that they really liked. And Fant, they already have Albert O, so they didn't really need him to be around. And Drew Locke, they've obviously given up on him. They did not give up, it felt like, nearly that much for Russell Wilson, who is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. And yes, Deshaun Watson's younger. And the thought is, if he comes here to Carolina, he'll be here for the next 12-plus years. And if the Panthers will have an opportunity in an NFC where you've seen Wilson now go to the AFC. You've seen Tom Brady retire. You've seen recently Drew Brees retire. All the quarterback talent, especially the young talent, for the most part, is in the AFC. So it's wide open in the NFC South. But the question for a lot of Panthers fans, outside of just the morality of it all, of whether we should even be wanting to bring in a player into this community who's been accused of these things, whether he's actually innocent or not, do you want him here? And as I've said, from everything I've known about Deshaun Watson, from what we've been told, Prior to these instances, he seemed like an awesome person. He might still very well be. I don't know who he, I don't know him personally. Neither do you. I'm not trying to pass any judgment. All I'm looking at is what's been presented to me by the reporters and what he's been accused of. And it still makes this a hard conversation to have. But the football conversation that I guess I'm basically forced to have now as the host of Locked on Panthers and a lot of y'all wanting to have this conversation. And it's not 
it's I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, man, what a terrible situation I'm in. It's just tough because I think he's a great player. And I think it helped the Carolina Panthers. Should they give up that much? Three first-round picks, fine, whatever. When you give up first-rounders, your thought for a player like that is he's going to elevate you to the point where your those picks are going to be in the late 20s, in the early 30s. It's not going to even matter. Like, oh, what do we need that first-round pick for, especially with the general manager and Scott Fitterer who sees talent past 16 and 18 as basically all being the same. So it doesn't really matter. When you look at the first-round picks, it's the players that you want to give up on. Do you want to get rid of DJ Moore? Because if you get rid of DJ Moore, what does that leave Deshaun Watson when you're looking at his weapons? Terrace Marshall, Shai Smith, Robbie Anderson, if he can bounce back. Christian McCaffrey, I know a lot of y'all want to get rid of Christian McCaffrey. I still believe when healthy, he's the best running back in the National Football League. Wouldn't you rather have Christian McCaffrey paired with Deshaun Watson? I understand it. If you're doing either, either or scenario, you'd rather have the franchise quarterback than a running back who's been often injured the last two years even if the franchise quarterback sat out all of last season when he could have played, at least that's what the league said, because of the things that he's been accused of. And also he didn't want to play in Houston anymore because of the, the relationship had deteriorated there with the Texans organization. Do you want to give up Jeremy Chin, who was an awesome player the last two seasons and probably should have been defensive rookie of the year instead of Chase Young? Had a better year than Chase Young. Do you want to give up him? Do you want to give up J.C. Horn, who we only saw for two and a half games, but a thin secondary, at least at the corner spot, not knowing what's going to be the future of Stephon Gilmore here in Carolina. Same thing with Dante Jackson. Derek Brown, I think you'd be fine parting ways with. Brian Burns, do you want to give up a premier edge rusher? The difficult thing with trading so much for Watson here in Carolina especially, we're still in the middle of a rebuild. And to give up that much in terms of the players, especially the ones that you brought in, to give up that much for a quarterback, it's going to keep you in a rebuild. Getting to Sean Watson and giving up that many players and the potential to get good players in the first round is going to kind of keep the Carolina Panthers on the treadmill. Now, they're going to have a much better opportunity to move forward now that they have a quarterback than where they currently are sitting with no idea who they're going to bring in here if it's not Watson. Would it make more sense to just draft a quarterback like Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis and try and develop them and see what they turn into opposed of giving instead of giving up all these assets? Because you can draft Kenny Pickett, you can draft Malik Willis and still have three first round picks in the future. I guess two, because they'll probably be giving up the sixth pick this year, which would be the most attractive thing for the Houston Texans outside of the players. You could keep the two other first round picks. You could keep Christian McCaffrey. You could keep Brian Burns. You could keep all these players. But if you get rid of them, a couple of them, and those picks and bring in Watson, it's going to hamper the team's ability to fix the offensive line, which I think they want to do anyways here in free agency. And they've restructured Pat Elfline's deal, getting them even more money, but still they only have about $15 million to even play with. And they're not going to be able, according to our buddy friend of the podcast here, Ellis Williams, they're not going to be going out and paying a top dollar for the top tackle out there or the top guard on the market. They're going to still have to be in the bargain bin, hoping that they can evaluate the right players and that they'll come in and play well for Carolina. I want Deshaun Watson, the quarterback here. I want the player here in Carolina. I do. I don't know if I want to give up that much for him. The picks, whatever. I'm not worried about the picks. The players, though, that's concerning. That's where I kind of... Press pause. You give up a premier edge rusher for a quarterback. You need both to win. And that's the thing about it. It's not like Carolina's in position to win right now. 
when you look at Denver and what they gave up and what they have on that roster, great defense, great weapons, all they needed was a quarterback. The Panthers, great defense, but you're seeing potentially Dante and Stephon Gilmore leave. You're seeing Hassan Reddick leave. You're seeing another starter in Daquan Jones and Justin Burris. You're seeing these players leave. And then you don't have a good offensive line. And you only have one receiver you can count on, and your running back hasn't been healthy the last two seasons. You see where it becomes a little bit harder for Carolina to give up that much when you compare it to what Denver gave up and what they already had on the roster. The Panthers are not a quarterback away. And if they bring in Deshaun Watson, what's gonna it's gonna make this team even maybe they're not gonna be as far away, but they're still not gonna be as close to where they want to be because of all the other holes on the roster. Am I saying that they shouldn't do this trade? No, I'm not saying that. When you look at just the picks and players aspect and what it's going to take to get him. All I'm trying to let y'all know is by doing this trade, you're potentially hindering your ability to build this the way that needs to be properly done to allow Watson here in Carolina to succeed and hoist that Lombardi trophy. It's going to take time either way. If you don't bring in Watson, you still got to build this the right way, and it's not going to happen next year. If you bring in Watson, it's not going to happen next year, and you're going to have to find new players to fill the roles of the guys that you got rid of and to fill the holes that are already on the roster. So we'll see what happens as the Panthers and their division rival, New Orleans Saints, are both interested in speaking with Watson and have already made trade offers for the Houston Texans quarterback. We'll take a quick pause here. I spoke to Jonathan Jones last week, so a little bit of this might be kind of old, especially the Watson conversation. But overall, I talked to JJ about McCaffrey, what he reported on Monday, last Monday, about potentially uh, about teams being interested in trading for McCaffrey, and also just the perception of Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers heading into year three and heading into his free agency market and whether the Carolina Panthers are an attractive place to be for free agents. We'll get into that interview and this conversation coming up here in just a moment. It's that time of the year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers. And as promised, Jonathan Jones, you can check him out on CBSSports.com. He is a senior NFL reporter. You can also watch him on CBS HQ, CBS Sports Network, and on that other pregame show during NFL Sundays in the fall. Follow him on Twitter at jjones9. JJ, how's it going, man? Man, it is going. I appreciate the introduction. It's good to uh, to chat with you again. 
Absolutely. Hope I didn't miss anything. You've uh, come up and done some big things since you left Charlotte, working at the Observer, then going to Sports Illustrated, now doing that work at CBS Sports. Proud of you, bro. I, I appreciate it. No, I, I, I don't think you included just about everything. So, uh, so I appreciate it. <laughs> no, absolutely. Let's get into it, man. Let's talk with these Panthers. Um, thankfully for you, you've been able to get away from this organization <laughs> as things have they've gone south since you've left. And even when you're back on the beat, but you reported on Monday that teams have started calling about Christian McCaffrey and the Panthers potential appetite to trade for him from what you've been able to gather. What is the Panthers appetite potentially moving off of the all pro running back Christian McCaffrey, who's missed 23 of the last 33 games. Yeah, I, I can't necessarily say that the Panthers are hungry to continue the metaphor to trade Christian McCaffrey. However, you know, there were some reports over the past year plus that had indicated the Panthers would part ways with Christian McCaffrey. And they sort of, in no uncertain terms, made it be known to Christian and then publicly that that would not at all be the case. And as I started hearing about multiple teams reaching out to the Panthers, um, you know, before and during the combine, I, I kind of thought to myself, honestly, oh, you know, this is the same thing as before. And then I did some more digging and they, I don't, they're more open to it today than they were six months ago. Now, is that because of the mounting injuries? Is that because of, you know, of a potential regime change in the future, right? There, there's a lot of different things going on with the Carolina Panthers, with Christian McCaffrey's health, with the cap situation, all of those things that maybe weren't the case when everybody was was healthy and happy and the team was starting 3-0. and So um, if I had to say just how hungry they are, I don't know that they're hungry because I don't know that anybody is going to come to the table with a first-round draft pick and then some. But in the event someone does... I think that the Carolina Panthers, I would like to think they can set aside the sentimentality of potentially trading away uh, the, the face of the franchise and do what is in the best interest of the team at this point. Yeah, that was my question when I saw you report this. What would his market even be? You reported a first round pick and then some, right? Is what the, at least a team That's wants. right. And... Right. And so would that ultimately happen? Would you or I give that up for Christian McCaffrey right now in that contract? Maybe no. not. But also, we wouldn't we wouldn't have traded for Carson Wentz and two thirds, one of which could turn into a second. But a team did it. So obviously, that's a quarterback. That's a that's a quarterback desperate team. Um, and also eating his contract uh, as well. Um, like one of those two things was enough. But the Washington Commanders did both. Um, and so is it crazier outside the realm of possibility that a team would do that? I don't because you or I would not do that. Right. So you were in Indy last week. You spoke to a lot of GMs and other teams. I'm just curious from the outside, what is the thought of the Panthers regime right now as they head into year three? What, what does the league think of the job that Matt Rule has done over the last two years as this team is in a pretty desperate times trying to turn things around heading into his potentially his final year here in Carolina if things don't get turned around 
Yeah, I think a lot of folks are kind of viewing this as a, as a, a, a strong potential for a lame duck year for Matt Rule. Uh, that that things do have to get turned around. I think folks have uh, seen and heard enough from David Tepper to know that uh, the 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 wick is is very short right now, and so you've seen how he's moved and shaked uh, so far in his tenure in the NFL. He's not a particularly patient person. Um, And so really, it's pretty easy to gather if you're outside looking in um, that Matt Rule doesn't have a whole lot of rope. Uh, That said, you know, I'd heard throughout, especially when they were sending those draft picks, right? First, it was CJ Henderson, and then it was Stefan Gilmore. And now they don't have a ton of draft capital right now that folks were saying, hey, this this isn't college and you guys aren't the Rams. Folks were telling me that contemporaneous to them making those moves and that's not hindsight. And so now that those league executives and coaches who were viewing it have very clearly been proven correct about that. Now they're like, well, see, I told you so, and this isn't going to work. And so I don't know that it's not going to work, but there's not a whole lot of evidence right now through two seasons that it will work. And I know that Matt, continues to say, hey, you guys can't see it, but I see it on a day-to-day basis. And that's, frankly, what he has to say. Uh, Because anything else, you know, if you want to hoist up some empirical evidence, well, frankly, there is none right now. Yeah, and going off of that, with free agency starting up next week, what is the attractiveness of the Carolina roster right now? I mean, how many free agents will really be all that attractive to coming in this situation? You know, I, it, it's hard because you want to make sure that you're going somewhere where you're going to be a scheme fit. Well, if, if Matt Rule's not there anymore after one year or half of a year, if Ben McAdoo isn't there, but they're selling you on McAdoo. If Phil Snow, who has done a, a great job, uh, if he is, is not there, that's the sort of uh, math that a player, a free agent, and his representation need to take into account. And so maybe the Carolina Panthers have to pay what I like to call the bad team tax. And mm-hmm. it's a tax that the Cleveland Browns for years had to pay, a tax that the Jacksonville Jaguars had to pay. You have to overpay for a guy to come into your building because of the reasons that we just laid out. So, but the issue with the Carolina Panthers is they don't have all that much money to go out there and spend, certainly relative let's say the Miami Dolphins who are going to be in the market for same offensive linemen. The Indianapolis Colts. So that would be difficult, especially when you're looking at up front along the offensive line. If Dickinson, for example, is only in it for the highest bidder, I don't know that the Carolina Panthers are going to be that team. But then beyond that, even if you are not the highest bidder, now you have to sell me on, okay, you, you can be in Charlotte. That's great. Now I need some security. You can't just cut me out here. And so that's where Samir Suleiman, the, the cap guru for the Carolina Panthers, to step up. But then finally, the, the biggest issue is scheme fit. And if, if you can't be promised that the scheme you're into and, and starting in week one, we'll see that same scheme week one of 2023, uh, you, might, you might be looking for a more stable opportunity elsewhere. Yeah, and it's not just the offensive line that Carolina is looking for when free agency starts. It's also 
potentially a quarterback and looking at some of the quarterback dominoes that have fallen Russell Wilson was never a realistic option here. I know they inquired about him. Scott Fitterer coming from Seattle, having that relationship, but that was not going to happen. Aaron Rodgers realistically was never going to happen. Carson Wentz now going to the commanders. I mean, what are their realistic options at this point when you're looking at the quarterback market as they've made it fairly known that they have no intention of starting Sam Darnold week one of the 2022 season. Yeah, so uh, Panthers are uh, places they are interested in Deshaun Watson. Uh, you know, the, the conversation of whether this team should be uh, and and all of that. I, I respect that conversation for the purposes of getting through the answer to this question. I'll just simply say they are interested and they are waiting to, to see the results uh, from the grand jury, whether or whether that takes some time. Uh, we are all. Uh, waiting to see that. Um, but beyond that, okay, there's a Jimmy Garoppolo that could probably be had for a fourth round pick. Um, and you have the guarantees of around $25 million. You have, uh, you know, is it a Mitch Trubisky? I, I doubt it because you probably feel like that's the guy you just traded for uh, in Sam Darnold last year. And so, uh, or is it a Jameis Winston? You know, these, these coaches all think that they can, the, the quarterback, Sean Payton, believed and may have fixed Jameis Winston, or at least his interception issues. He's not the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So, uh, you know, those are the two places I would look. I know the Indianapolis Colts are very much keeping a very close as they should on Garoppolo. This is a dude in the past, so, you know, trade for and think, okay, we can take a breath. I don't, I don't know that's the case. And then finally, if you can't get that guy in free agent, do you wait until the draft? Do you hold on to that draft pick and make sure that you can get, let's say, a Kenny Pickett uh, with, with some of the balls? I don't know if you want to live with Malik Willis through year one and, and the growth that he's going to need to show. Again, with the issues uh, and the instability that is very potentially going to be there in Carolina. So um, there's no great answer to this uh, question right now. I actually had JJ kind of cut off there at the end after that question, but he was awesome. Again, follow him on Twitter at jjones9, North Carolina Tario. As y'all watching the show, see me wear my Carolina hat and got my blanket back here. It's Selection Sunday. Like, I'm recording this right before the selection show, so I'm fired up for all of that, and I'm fired up for the NCAA tournament, and I'm also fired up to see what's going to happen here and in the coming days as the legal tampering period opens up today on Monday, and then on Wednesday, the new league year starts, so teams can officially trade for players, or at least they can, if the trade's official, and then they can officially sign players to contracts. What will the Panthers do? Will they be able to bring in a left tackle, a starting guard? Will they trade for Watson? I don't know. We will find out here very shortly. But again, thank you for listening to this edition of Locked on Panthers. Y'all, I tried my best with the Deshaun Watson conversation. I, I hope I did a good job when talking about what was presented against him and how things have played out legally. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how all this works out. I just know what he's been accused of, and that legally he still has some things to get over. I also know how the NFL operates. Now, a lot of us are willing to look past anything when it comes to whether players on our favorite team can help win games. And talent wins out in the National Football League. 
look no further than the Kansas City Chiefs and what Tyreek Hill has been accused of and what he's been found guilty of in the past and seeing how they react to him now that he scores touchdowns for them and helps them win a Super Bowl. And that's not to sit here and say that Tyreek Hill is a terrible person. All I'm pointing out is we've seen in the past the NFL turn a blind eye a lot of times to players who might not have the most sterling off the field presence or record. So we'll see how it all plays out. And Deshaun Watson, I've said before, everything I had read about this guy, everything I had heard about him and known about him from the public seemed to be an awesome person that you would want to have in your community. And maybe all of this has been a lie. And maybe he is actually innocent of all these things. We know the justice system is not perfect. So even though he was not charged of anything, he was not indicted, that does not necessarily mean that justice actually won out. Maybe it did. Hopefully it did. But there's still, on the other hand, there's just so many things that you would hate for that many people to have accused him of these things and it all have been a lie. So we'll see how it plays out. I don't know. It's a tough conversation to have. I'm hoping moving forward we can get past it. Will, will he be suspended? I don't know at all what they're going to do. The NFL, he already sat out 17 games. Will the league look at that as enough of a suspension because he gave a year in his prime, even though they said he could have played? But they also knew throughout the entire process that he was not going to play. We'll continue. I'll continue to update you here on the show. Please give me whatever thoughts that you have. If you have any suggestions of how I can better do this, if you didn't feel like I was up to up to snuff today, I don't know. I'm trying my best here. <laughs> I I hate that we're even having. I'd rather just be having the conversation with the three picks plus more and whether the Panthers should do that, out other than having the conversation of, hey. This is what he's still accused of. This is still something he's going to deal with. And are you comfortable with having that? Because I know there's a lot of people who aren't comfortable and a lot of people who don't care because they're sick and tired after 27 seasons of no back-to-back winning seasons and that they want to have sustained success. And they think that maybe this Deshaun Watson could be the best quarterback that we've ever had here in Carolina. The player I absolutely want here in Carolina. The person, there's still a lot of questions of who he actually is, but we'll see how it plays out. So that's the conversation on today's show. Again, thank you for listening to this edition of Locked on Panthers podcast. This is by yours truly, Julian Council. Rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Also follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked on Podcast Network. And be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube. Thank you to everyone who so far subscribed and watched the show. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council or every single Friday answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council. In the meantime... Be safe, take care, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Tuesday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.